even though hate crimes happened to me outside of the workplace, this network taught me how to be resilient in the face of racism. So not only am I equipped to help myself, I can use my energy to help others. What do I do with the absolute apex privilege part of my identity? How do I help people who want to change and they don't know how to do it? Yeah, I mean, even just reading books together, reading articles together, uh, doing activities together, things like that really helped with empathy and compassion. And my colleagues needed to know and needed to hear that me as a black woman, I've experienced some of the things that we're hearing and seeing that seems so far off in the distance. You know, as an employee, I'm reminded that it's not just on the leaders of a company or a leader of a company to make change. It's on all of us to do our part to create a more inclusive environment or inclusive culture where everyone feels valued. One of the most profound moments I recently had was being able to speak on an anti-Asian racism panel where I shared my experiences of growing up being ashamed of my culture, language, heritage, and anything associated with being non-white. These are the words of people reflecting on difficult but important conversations about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. In a lot of cases, the people you heard were having these conversations for the first time. This might remind you of some of the discussions you've had with your friends and family over the last year, except that they didn't happen in dining rooms, living rooms, or on physically distanced walks. These conversations happened at work. There was a time not too long ago when it would be unthinkable to have conversations like these in the workplace, when you'd simply show up, complete your tasks, and go home. Your work life and your personal life would be two completely different things. While at work, you might get the occasional updates on the company's performance, corporate scorecard topics like revenue, expenses, profits, sales, or new product news, things that were strictly business. Now, that's all changing. In this new age of work-life integration, or work-life blur for those of us who are working from home, the workplace is taking on a different role in our lives. It's becoming the place where we are starting and continuing conversations about societal issues, personal experiences, and values. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, commonly known as DEINB, is one such conversation that's getting a whole lot of airtime in workplaces these days. Those voices you heard at the beginning of the episode, those are my colleagues here at Benevity reflecting on conversations that were facilitated by our very own Black Employee Resource Group called BEN, which stands for Benevity's Black Employee Network. In a series of company-wide presentations, facilitated table talks, and town halls, BEN held open conversations about racial injustice, overcoming bias, and working together to mobilize for change. Many of our people at Benevity admitted that they had never had such vulnerable conversations about these topics, let alone at work. The results were overwhelmingly positive. So positive, in fact, that we've seen a marked increase in the engagement of our Black and non-Black people, which prompted us to turn these internal sessions into a guide for other companies on how to host these conversations at your workplace. But more on that later. Back to the idea of DEINB. It's not new, but it is being prioritized by companies around the world in the wake of the racial justice movement ignited last year with the murder of George Floyd. In a survey by Porter Novelli, 62% of executives say they will prioritize DEI&B strategies moving forward. This is encouraging, as many companies take on the hard work of looking at what it means for their organization. 
I'm Sona Kosla, Chief Impact Officer at Benevity, a technology and engagement platform that helps the world's most iconic brands bring purpose to life, based here in Calgary, Canada. Today, on Speaking of Purpose, the movement for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. at work are probably your best opportunity to get to know someone more deeply that is different from you. This is Aisha Thomas-Petit. And I am the first Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer for AMC Networks. As the first person in her role at AMC Networks, Aisha's job is to oversee the company's comprehensive DEI&B strategy to ensure that their work internally and externally, is inclusive and socially responsible. Prior to transitioning into this world, Aisha was an HR executive at Fortune 50 companies Lehman Brothers and J.P. Morgan Chase. It was in her HR career where she recognized the growing need for companies to foster diversity and inclusion. In talking to Aisha, she shared an astute observation with us. She said she's noticed In everyday life, people don't get enough exposure to people of different cultures and backgrounds to foster a deep understanding and empathy for others. And there's a reason for that. Dr. Jonathan Zimmerman, a professor and education historian at the University of Pennsylvania and frequent contributor to the New York Times and Washington Post, gave a speech at Valencia College earlier this year. He said that the chances of living in a diverse neighborhood are less now than they were in the 60s and 70s. And the more educated you are, the less likely you are to have conversations with people who are different than you. Ouch. Just when we thought we were on the brink of progress, you hear a stat like that. So, in lieu of that education happening in personal spaces, Aisha sees enormous potential for the workplace to become the place where appreciation for diversity can happen. We pretty much still live in a very segregated world uh, and country. You know, our social spaces are not very diverse. You can, you know, pull up pictures in your phone or of your friends on social media and see weddings and baby showers and funerals and, you know, social gatherings. And in many places, uh, those pictures that you see um, don't always represent the rich fabric of diversity that Sona, you and I, uh, and I, and I know I can say this, uh, have experienced. Um, but unfortunately, that is not everyone's lived experience. And so if you don't have a lived experience uh, as a, you know, as a person in what I, I'll call uh, an unfortunately marginalized group, um, or you're not proximate to someone that has that lived experience, then it's almost impossible for you to care. And so I spend a lot of my time uh, in the DEI space and, and from a corporate social responsibility standpoint, simply getting people to care more. It starts with what are you willing to invest by way of relationship with 
people who are different uh, from you or, or who have different lived experiences than you. And one of the easiest ways to lean in is through employee resource groups, or as some companies call business resource groups or communities. I'm hearing that, that word uh, pop up quite a bit. And those experiences at work, I think will help inform the social circles that people show up in every day. Uh, and that's really the place to start. If we can't start there, um, we're gonna be on the back foot every single time. Getting people to care more. That's certainly a drastic rethinking about what the role of business is in our personal lives and in society at large. These days, when big issues come to the forefront, we expect companies to have a point of view. From Aisha's perspective, it's not about determining whether or not to get involved. It's about determining how to get involved. Yeah, so the, the role of business is, is changing right before our eyes. I have been working long enough. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting dangerously close to the 25-year mark, uh, but I've been working long enough to remember when a company would never vocally uh, take a stance on social issues. Um, it just didn't used to happen. And it's not because there weren't major uh, issues confronting society, you know, over the past 25 years, there certainly have been. But I think that the sentiment that a company was responsible for talking about company stuff like earnings and like, you know, what the business trajectory looked like, um, th those sort of business conversations were at the center. And I think somewhere along the way, companies, including my own uh, AMC Networks, now understands that every single employee that works for our organization is a member of society. We can't escape that. Uh, and so we have to be in the business of listening to and having a pulse on what our society members, our employees care about, what um, is impacting their day-to-day -day life, um, we are now uh, through this, uh, you know, prolonged pandemic, I think understanding that it is impossible for our employees to separate who they are uh, from work. You can't, you know, leave yourself at home when you come to work every day. And we all know that, you know, the research and the statistics tell us that when employees show up their best selves, uh, that they're more productive and they actually impact the bottom line of a business. And so we can't ignore things like social justice uh, being of concern to a company. Our sort of internal teams that are centered around business continuity and crisis management are used to dealing with other things like earthquakes and floods that impact business operations, um, things again that link directly to how we used to think about business. And so we've got to develop more of a muscle uh, to handle some of these big, ugly, hairy, scary issues in society that our employees care about. Um, and we do that by being open and honest about not knowing when to respond, uh, about not having the exact right corporate voice and corporate speak to use when we're talking about these issues. That 
We just got to show up and decide that we're going to be courageous, that we're going to take a stance on things that our employees care about, and that our messaging and our communications will be deeply linked to the values of our company. And I suggest that every company should take the same approach. Despite the growing interest and commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, the question remains of exactly where in a corporate hierarchy these programs belong. Aisha started her career in human resources, and like most people, saw diversity and inclusion policies being siloed into HR, effectively signaling that it wasn't important to a company's business goals. For these strategies to be adopted properly, companies need to take a broader view of where they fit. I grew up uh, in the human resources community and ultimately, you know, the, the role that I feel like was my capstone role that, you know, when I was 24 years old, I thought I wanted to be was, you know, an HR executive, a, a, a head of human resources for a major business unit. Like that's the thing that I thought I was going to do. And I did that and uh, sort of stumbled into the chief diversity uh, officer world uh, as a result of that human resources upbringing, uh, I by no means thought that I would ever hold uh, this title or be responsible for this subject matter. I just thought, you know, as an HR executive, it would be embedded in all of the talent strategy or, uh, you know, policies or programming that uh, I would do as an HR executive. And so, I'm sharing all that with you because in order to make progress, um, DEI has to not just stay in the HR world. And so fast forward to today where I am structurally operating in a, in a, a different way uh, as a direct report of AMC Network's uh, CEO. I am sitting on the leadership team of the company versus the leadership team of HR. And that makes a difference. Uh, it makes a difference in terms of uh, the expected uh, commitment the measures of accountability that are set against the goals, the level of um, what I would call DEI being embedded into the business operations and what we do rather than being uh, relegated to, you know, three ugly words that DEI practitioners always say, like, we don't want DEI to just be programs, events, and initiatives. Like, if it stays there, we're never going to make progress. But we make progress as a result of more people leaning in at the senior most levels, uh, that what's happening throughout an organization uh, comes with a personal and professional accountability that, you know, doesn't come with a scorecard. Like everybody has to show up and do their part. I tell people all the time, internal to my own organization here, that I can, I can be the coach. I can even write the playbook. But Aisha alone cannot play 
the entire game alone. Everybody has to show up and play uh, his or her or their position. Um, and that's how you make progress. Despite the undeniable growth of DEI and B strategies across the board, recently we've seen high-profile examples of companies moving in the opposite direction. Earlier this year, Basecamp announced a new policy that it would not allow any discussion of social or political issues at work. They also shut down employee committees and revoked employees' access to certain benefits, like continuing education. Aisha says policies like this demonstrate a fundamental misunderstanding by companies about the risks that come with shutting down political and societal discourse at work. The risk is simple, and, I, and we won't make this any more complicated than it is. A company that makes a decision like that, and I'm not going to you know, speak about any uh, particular examples, but a company that doesn't understand the value of um, ensuring that there are platforms and channels to have these very tough and very critical conversations, a company that chooses not to do that will struggle to attract and retain the best talent. And so at the end of the day, if a company is concerned about its bottom line and being able to have the talent to sustain its business strategy, then that company needs to be in the business of creating place and space for the things that employees care about. The foundation of a successful business is to attract not just any talent, but the best talent. And as robust DEI and B strategies become the norm, employees are evaluating companies just as much as companies are evaluating them. In the days following Basecamp's announcement, more than a third of their staff submitted their resignations. Bringing your authentic self to work every day means acknowledging the social and political factors that also impact your life. As Aisha says, people simply cannot separate who they are at home from who they are at work. And in fact, it's her personal life experience that led to her professional calling. Why is it important to be able to bring your full self to work or not be inhibited or even think for one second about separating who you are from who you are when you walk through your virtual work doors or your physical work doors. It's such an interesting question because I can recall very early in my career being so conscious of the fact that I was Black. Uh, and when you have that level of consciousness, there, there's, you know, I, I would venture to say there's a lot of brain space in everyone's brain, right? But if some of it is being taken up by replaying who you are um, and whether or not who you are will impact how people perceive you, then those thoughts are taking up space that could be taken up 
by your next best idea for innovation, you know, for your whatever your role is at work, or, you know, giving 1000% to that presentation uh, that's going to make a business case for a project that needs to be funded. Um, when your, your brain space is being taken up in part by, oh my goodness, they're going to judge me because I'm a woman and I'm black before I even get to the business case that I need to present, then I'm already showing up as not my best self. And so I have spent many, many years making sure that I create more brain space to do those other things and to be less concerned about who I am when people see me. I can't redo, I can't not show up who I am, uh, show up as who I am. When I walk into a room, when I walk outside my New Jersey suburban, you know, house, I am not, I am not a chief of anything. I am not the head of anything. I am not the person doing the presentation, you know, uh, for the business case. I am Aisha first and what you see is what you get. But at the end of the day, what gets me out of bed every single day is that A, I'm still here. And if I'm still here, then Aisha, little old Aisha, who grew up in a row house in Philadelphia, playing double Dutch after school, like not the kid that ever thought she was going to be the chief of anything. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have those examples growing up of, you know, of, of me uh, or of me being in a C-suite role. So every day that I get to wake up and perform such a role is a blessing. Studies show a significant share of people's brain space at work is consumed simply by trying to fit in. But what if finding a way to fit in isn't the point? What if instead the point is to let employees know that they already fit in, that they belong, regardless of their background, their politics, or the social causes they support? One way to achieve this is by creating open spaces at work for vulnerable conversation, empathy, engagement, and ultimately action. Our experience at Benevity, facilitated by our Black Employee Network, led us to create the Race Conversations Guide, which helps companies and their employees create those spaces. You can download your copy of the guide in the show notes. Companies can do a lot to create a more diverse and inclusive culture and society by engaging employees in everyday learning and positive actions that help them build new habits, develop a broader perspective, and take action. This is how we affect cultural change. Thank you for joining us on Speaking of Purpose. Today's episode was created by the passionate team here at Benevity. If you enjoy our show, please share it with a colleague or friend. Special thanks to Aisha Thomas-Petit. Go to amcnetworks.com careers to read more about their diversity inclusion efforts, and for other helpful resources, please check out the show notes. For more episodes, you can subscribe to Speaking of Purpose wherever you get your podcasts. And come say hi to us on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. And learn more about us at benevity.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.